Hey everyone, welcome to Pin the Q Podcast. On location here, Harrison Fire Department, Fire Headquarters, Harrison, fire headquarters. Hudson County, a little further away from what I'm used to. <laughs> um, but it was a good drive, nevertheless. I'm here with Brother Ray, career guy, Harrison. Thank you, man. Honored, honored, honored. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, uh, where are we? So, we're in Harrison. Uh, a lot of people call this the center of the universe because okay. this place has a strange way of just connecting to anyone you know i'm sure if you run to someone on the street now now that you've been here right you'd be like oh man i was in i was in harrison i was at fire headquarters and they're gonna be like oh i was born in harrison or I, my brother was born in harrison <laughs> this place is such a strange way of connecting people and just it's the center of the universe right it's, i uh I, I came here and i was greeted by uh, all the guys on the, on the crew and this is squad three uh so this is tour three tour, yeah, tour three, three okay right so uh i get here and uh had dinner <laughs> It was awesome. So I was presently surprised from an Irishman uh, being Italian and, and uh, seeing pasta on the table and some gravy. I was, I was impressed. I did my research. I knew, uh, I knew I had to really kind of knock it out of the park and yeah. get a good meal going, get a good base, let us you know, yeah. it, it's break a, the ice. It's a good thing because it took us so long to set up. We'd be starving <laughs> if, we, yeah. if we had to start just like this. Yeah, we would. All right, man. So tell me about yourself, brother. Uh, so I'm 30. I've been, on the, I've been on the department for four years now. I was hired off the civil service list from the 2010 exam. Okay. So you can see the amount of time it takes yeah, and, yeah. and the whole process it takes. But uh, I'm excited, man. This is the best job in the world. I absolutely love it. It is. I was, a, I was a former corrections officer. I was in the Air Force Reserves as a fireman for eight years. Yeah. Uh, I cleaned up oil spills during the BP oil spill for Marine Spill Response Corporation. And uh, I've, I've had an interesting life, man. I've been, I've been around the block a little bit and uh just been a lot been a lot of places i've done a lot of stuff and it's awesome and uh this all kind of started when you were young right yeah yeah man tell so, me about that so funny story i actually i wanted nothing to do with the fire department when i was a kid you know okay. i grew up and my mom's a nurse my dad was a new york city fireman and uh i was home i was home alone all the time i i, I was raised you know with my grandparents a lot and i was on the go a lot right. you know going from uh i would wake up in the morning go to this house and then you know walk to school take care of myself a little bit do the before school programs after school programs right right so at first it was like i don't want any part of this life i don't want to do this yeah i want to fly fighter jets i want to be you know i want to be like top gun i want to be maverick <laughs> you know and uh yeah so i wanted nothing to do with it and then my dad uh my dad got hurt line of duty and uh he moved us out to jackson and he joined the fire department about probably probably two three years after 9 11 after he let his wounds heal and kind of get himself back on track. And right, that, right. that was part of his healing process. You know, he found the local volunteer department and uh, he, he wanted to be a part of it. And right. he got back into it after, I mean, first of all, the doctors told him that you can never be a firefighter ever again. That's, that's one of the things that ruined his career. Not ruined his career, but ended his career. Right. Um, he was, his back was so badly broken and damaged that they said, you might not even walk again. He's one of those guys that just said, okay, I'll show you. Yeah. That's so, what we do. That's yeah. It's, do. it's just, it's part of it. <laughs> So uh, he joined the volleys, and then uh, as I was coming up, he, he asked me one day, he's like, well, what do you think? I was like 15 years old. He's like, you want to try this out? <laughs> no, I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night. I don't yeah. want to do all that crazy stuff. Like, what are you doing? Right. So then uh, I turned 16, and he started bringing me. I didn't have an option. Right. And, uh, man, the first time I got on the back of the engine, 16-year-old, wide-eyed kid, Si you know lights going siren going and you're just like man this it hooks is, you this, yeah it's yeah. there's no there's no unless you unless you've been there which right. everyone that's probably listening has been there right there's no other feeling in the world yeah and just to know that what you're doing like the whole reason why we're getting on this truck and doing what we're doing it it changes you that moment right there it's 
I remember I, I remember the first time I ever got off the fire engine, my dad looked at me and he goes, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is <laughs> you it. You don't have to convince me anymore. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't want to fly. I don't want to fly jets anymore. I want to yeah. do this. this it's is way it. cooler than flying yeah. jets. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody's watching to fly jets. Yeah, I mean, if you fly jets, power to you, but yeah. our job is better. Yeah, this is good stuff. So, so your dad obviously had a big inspiration on. on yeah, man, uh, he's my hero, dude. He's been through so much, and he taught me 99% of what I know today. You know, who to be, how to be. We made some mistakes along the way. You know, yeah. we did a lot. We, <laughs> we, us streamers, we have a that hard knock mentality. Like, you know, if someone says, "Hey, don't touch that, it's hot." <laughs> I'm gonna touch it, and they'll find out. Right, so right. we have that hard knock mentality. But yeah, he taught me everything I know. He he really gave me the best setup I could have awesome. to really to lead my life and, and do what I wanted to do. And uh, he set me straight and he just, he, anytime I would kind of get out of the lane a little bit, he would yeah. be there and check me and say, no, this is what you do. So, you know, that's- That's awesome. Yeah. And then uh, obviously because of him, you, you got involved in a volunteer company yourself, right? Yep, yes I did. Um, I, I said I was a junior for two years and then uh, at 17, he gave me an option, but it really wasn't an option. It was, when you know when school starts asking you what college you want to go to what do you want to do right he looked at me and he said hey listen you got two things go get a job join the military i'll show you i brought him a marine corps recruiter <laughs> and he goes yeah, absolutely no way that's not happening right, right so i work with the marine corps recruiter and he says well what do you want to do i said oh, i want to be a fireman he goes all right i'll be back tomorrow marine corps recruiter brings back the air force recruiter air force recruiter says all right how do we do this? How do we get you to sign the paper? I'm 17 years old. I have yeah. no idea about life yet. Right. And uh, my dad goes, you guarantee him a job as a farmer in the Air Force? I'll sign this paper right now. That was it. February 22nd, 2006. Okay. I, uh, I enlisted in the military, and I didn't look back. So were you able to do the firefighting like they promised? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was it, man. I was guaranteed a job. and uh, That's great. I got lucky. I got, a, I got a spot in the Air Force Reserve Unit with the 514th Mobility Wing at a McGuire Airfield. Cool. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was an adventure, man. So at this point, it's, it's you're ingrained now in the firefighting oh, world. Yeah. You know? yeah. no, no turning back. No, there was no turning back. I mean, from, uh, you know, I enlisted in February, and I did the delayed entry program. So okay. I left for boot camp July 5th, 2006, and then I started fire school September 11th, 2006. Wow. That was my day, my first day of fire school. Holy cow. Yeah, so a little full circle there. Yeah, that's awesome. So obviously in the volunteer company, you rose up from a junior member, right? Yeah. So uh, tell me tell me what it was like to start moving up. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was more my arrogance. It was more of my, my big mouth, insert foot mentality, like, oh, okay, you, you think you can be the guy. Right. Show us, you know? Right. And uh, at the time, the, the company I was with was was young we were growing we were developing and uh i definitely had some help from my old man because he was moving through the ranks too right, right and uh he he brought me along with him and with that my best friend was also involved and it, we made a deal we said well, where you go i go where he goes i go and just like old, the movie yeah yeah you go we go man <laughs> and that was it we uh we stayed together and we moved up together and uh who's your friend uh dan conti boy you, you gotta you gotta give him a shout out <laughs> yeah it's my boy dan he's yeah, uh cool he's been like you know he's been blood to me through thick and thin right, every right. bad situation every good situation dan's been there with me awesome and uh we've been through some good fires together we've been through hell together we've moved together lived together i was his best man he's my best man oh that's awesome so that's yeah. awesome now what's he doing uh so he actually works for a construction company he's awesome. a safety engineer cool so he's living a good life yeah 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 <laughs> it's awesome yeah so, um, what company was that in Jackson? Jackson Mills, Jackson uh, Mills. Station 54. And then uh, you became an officer, right? Yes. Tell yeah. me what that was like. So, I actually took a little bit of an unconventional route. Um, at the time, 
the officer lineup was pretty much set and I needed a way to, well, we needed a way to break in. Okay. So my old man came up with the idea of, all right, well, let's make these guys safety officers. And at the time it was a big, like, these kids have no experience. Right, right. You know, they're, they're full of. Because typically those guys have some experience. Some yeah, time yeah, they're supposed to be the senior guy. Right, they, right. They're past chief. They don't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, we took the unconventional route and uh, they, it was, it was more of a proving ground at the time because we didn't have a lot of senior guys that were still around or really coming around and they stuck us in that role and said, all right, boys, you, you want to figure it out. Now's your chance. You know, yeah. you're 20, 21 years old. You're full of certs. You know, you got to stack this big, but yeah. what do you know? That's Show a piece us. of paper, right? Yeah, right, right. And I mean, it's funny now. Like I look on it now, I didn't know a thing. Yeah. I was just running by the seat of my pants and just literally just going balls to the wall. Right. Everything. And right. I made a lot of mistakes. Looking back, I'm horrified at that person. Right. Because it's like, what were you doing? But at the time, you know, you're just doing it. Yeah. You don't realize yeah. until you're older and more mature and some yeah, experience. Yeah, and, 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 like, and that was my What the hell was I doing? Yeah. Yeah. So all I wanted to do was just be that guy. I wanted to be so much more, and I wanted to just keep going and going and going. And right. I, I always thought, like, I could be better. I could do better. I could do more. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a learning experience. And then, uh, So how far did you get? I made my way up to first lieutenant. And oh, uh, I loved every second of it, man. Like, there's – unless you've been an officer before and you've, right. you know, volunteer career, whatever it is – until you sit in the front of a rig and you have people's lives that are in your hands, like, yeah. you know, I, re- I really didn't appreciate the officer role until I became a sergeant in the military. Okay. Like that was the first true moment where I looked around. And I was like, you're in charge of people. These people depend on you. You know, and you're not just making decisions for yourself. You're making decisions for, for them and yeah. they're looking to you. And that was, that was the really the first times I started waking up and saying like, well, wow, this is, this is different. Yeah. When, when you take on a leadership role, it's so much more, you know. It's not just, hey, do that. It's you need to know what people are. You have to cultivate people. You know, it, it's it's a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and, it, and to be a young young man yeah. being in a supervisor role. I was, I was a young boy. It's I tough. I was a young boy. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. So um, tell me about your best experience so far being a firefighter. So um, my best experience is I actually, we just had a call up here. Um, there's a lot of construction going on in Harrison right now. There's right. a lot of redevelopment. Town is experiencing a, a boom of just yeah. I saw the construction happening. coming here. Yeah, yeah. You got these monster buildings going up. They're building high rises. They're building five story, uh, big hotel buildings, everything like that. And um, so we get hit out the other day for uh, we're out training and we get hit out for a fall victim. So, okay, routine. Yeah. You know, we uh, we do EMS backup here. We do ALS calls. So we're like, ah, oh, that's a little weird. Why why would we get hit out for a fall victim? You know. Maybe it's the ambulance is out. Maybe we're going as a first responder. So as we're going there, they upgrade it and they send the the tour commander. So we're like, okay, are they not telling us something? And it's one of those situations. So we pull into the construction site and everyone's outside and they're waving. The arms are going. Yeah, usually that's a bad sign. Yeah. So we had a we had a probie in the back and he's like, uh, hey, is that a is that usually happen? You know, they always like waving and yelling like that. We're like, oh no no, this this ain't good. This is a job. Yeah, something's something's going on here. So we pulled up, and they're like, oh, he's inside, he's inside. So uh, my officer and the probie were grabbing the EMS equipment, and my officer told me, go in there and see what we got. Right. So I come around the corner. It's a little bit of a maze to get into the into the construction site. And we had a worker fall four stories from the roof and impaled himself on a piece of rebar. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, man, if, you've, if you're not ready for something like that, you come around the corner and you see this dude having the worst day of his life yeah. sitting there on a piece of rebar, everything just goes Oh wow! What now? Yeah. So my yeah. officer comes around the corner. He goes, "What do you got?" And I'm like, 
you got to come see this. I don't even know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just Something one of those things. See. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm like, how do I even start? I'm like, you know what? Just come look for yourself. Right. So, uh, yeah, we were able to we were able to fully extricate him, and he lived. Awesome. Making a full recovery right now, and uh, hopefully, we at last we got, he was doing okay. You know, he lot he's got a ro- long road, oh, a lot yeah. of surgeries, and, yeah. and everything like that. But um, yeah, man, that was definitely my most recent best memory i mean you know i'm sure if you look back in your catalog of memories there's oh, so yeah. many good ones absolutely but uh that's that was recent and that sticks out in my mind because that's there's, awesome that's one of those things you know you you look at that kind of call and you're like man that's that's what we do this for like that's absolutely that's you don't see that kind of stuff yeah. that's, that's chicago fire. i was just that's gonna something say, like bro it's so funny <laughs> i was just gonna say that i'm like that is like a scene He's, from chicago yeah, fire yeah yeah and it's funny too because everyone makes fun of it and they're like oh yeah. man that show is so fake and yeah. you don't ever expect anything and you come around the corner and you're like oh man that's different and and how awesome is it that you know thinking back of your training and everything you've you know you went through to get to where you're at and then you're the guy yeah like Next thing you, you know, you're in this hole. Yeah, you're cold nine one, and you're showing up. Yeah, you're you know? in this elevator shaft with this guy having the worst day of his life, yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, I got to figure out how to get you out of here. Right, and it's not like you know anyone else is coming. You're it. So, <laughs> then training is so important, right? Yeah, and it's funny too because like with our pro, we, we we talk about it afterwards, and we go through the whole call like, all right, this is what I did. Like maybe I should have done it this way. Right, right. You know, the brief is huge. Yeah, and That's especially good. being a career department, one of the best things we have is that kitchen table. Oh, I love that Because table. you could solve the world's problems at that kitchen table. Oh, absolutely. And uh, so you come back here and man, things were happening that you don't even know are happening. And right. you're like, well, you, you did that? I didn't see that. Like, okay, maybe I could have done that faster and everything right. like that. So just watching how our, like, our probie was just sitting there just taking it all in and really just soaking it up and like, you know that wide-eyed look like wow this was this really happened and yeah letting it sink in you know and just yeah that was it's so cool to see happen and just sit there and talk about it like wow we, we really did that it i gotta tell you you know you, you mentioned a table uh i just want to share an experience for you <laughs> because when i first got here and uh i was looking around and you know you, you showed me around you brought me into the kitchen just being able to sit at that table with you guys it's different it was awesome it's different. you know what i mean I, it was special to me and uh it and Everyone there obviously made me feel at home. Yeah, you know I feel like one of the brothers here. And, and oh, this is this is the best place to work, man. Every good. single guy here, from every single person, is so unique and yeah. so everyone brings so much to that table. Sure. And uh, and the average person doesn't realize like oh, yeah. what that table means. You know, like you sit there at that kitchen table. That's where your day starts. That's right. where your shift ends. That's where you let out your emotions. Right. You know. It might get ugly. It might get bad. Yeah. You know, you there was saw, a little ball breaking, by the yeah, way. I like it. it. It's all, it's, it's all, all good, good fun, man. You yeah, know, as soon as everything, fun. when it needs to happen, it happens. Right. And if there's a beef, you talk about it there. Right. And that's where, that's where you solve your problems. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure a lot happens at that table. And then, <laughs> there is a lot that happens. I like there. the lazy Susan too. Oh, I think it's the best. I don't know. I, I don't know how anyone survives <laughs> without a lazy Susan. Like I, I ever said, if I get a big table, like even at Thanksgiving dinner, I'm like, right. if we had a lazy Susan, this would be great. Yeah, that thing is huge. <laughs> Just watching it go round and round all dinner long. So speaking of Harrison, um, tell me a little bit about Harrison. Uh, okay, so Harrison is uh, it's a unique place. We um, we're a redevelopment. Um, okay. The town was a, the town's got a lot of history in it. So yeah, there's a so lot of the pictures a, upstairs, man, awesome. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of factories that were that were based out of here. Um, there's a lot of things that go on here. Like there's a the super industrial co- corporation that right down the street. Okay. Um, there's it's just a unique place. Yeah. Uh, we have Red Bull Stadium that we're first due to, and that's a unique hazard in itself. It's yeah. a different atmosphere. I mean, 
unless you work in a town that has a stadium yeah, right right you got to deal with the uniqueness of it you right. don't understand like what goes on there yeah so it's a it's a cool place we uh we run an engine and a ladder uh and a tour commander so okay. um normally we're three man sh- or we're three man per rig on a when we're full staffed it's four man per rig and okay. a tour commander all right cool so the first piece over here what's that uh? yep this is engine three engine okay. three is our uh, our first two apparatus our first two engine so it's a 2005 E1, and we, like I said, we do EMS calls. Right. So the way it works is that anything ALS, we respond to. Okay. Um, so if it fits that ALS criteria, we go. Right. If the primary BLS is out of town, then we go as first responder to any call. So if you stub your toe, right, right, right. Uh, fall victims, anything like that, that's yeah. where Engine 3 will go to that. Okay. And then, um, and then we also have the ambulance here. So if we're unable to get an ambulance either in town or mutual aid, We'll actually come off the ladder and we'll man the ambulance to provide the service to the town, take them to the hospital, come back and put the ladder back in service. Oh, awesome! So it's a unique place. It's yeah. uh, a lot of towns don't don't do what we do, and right, right. Uh, you know, it, ultimately at the end of the day, it's about providing the best service we can to the taxpayers of Harrison. That's that's, awesome. that's what we're here for. And then, what is that? A squad on the other end? Yeah. So right now, it's acting as a squad because our ladder is being replaced. We had a '91 Simon Duplex LTI. Yeah. All the, all the history buffs out there. Yeah. It's and, an oldie. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately. It was hit by a dump truck back yeah. in May, and uh, one of our guys got a little dinged up in it. But um, it just—it was a bad situation. Yeah, yeah. But luckily, uh, the town really worked well with us, and we put together a committee, and we got a brand new 2018 Pierce coming out. That's come to exciting. Us. Yeah, I can't wait. So, speaking of which, you were bragging to me about being a tiller operator. Tell me That's about it, that. Uh, let me tell you, if if you've never got the chance to tiller, never did. You're missing out. <laughs> Because tillering is one of the coolest things you could do as a fireman. Right. I mean, first of all, you got the best seat in the house. Yeah. You got the view, yeah. panoramic, you're <laughs> up above. It's great. But um, as a new guy, let me tell you, it is the scariest thing you're going to do. Because you get in this thing, and you have no brakes. So the first thing you start doing <laughs> is you it, start stomping on the, the floor. Hitting imaginary brakes. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, please stop, please stop. And everything's opposite. So right. when you turn... <laughs> It's turn, you know, turn away from danger. That's that was the first thing they tell you. Turn okay. away from danger every time, and uh, you're like, all right, well, what does that mean? And then you get back there and you start wiggling around. You're like, okay, I gotta figure this out. Right. And then, uh, luckily, my dad did a little bit of tilling in his career, so he goes, he gave me a little quick hint with the thumbs. When you're backing up, just use your thumbs like a truck driver. Oh, that's funny. So that's yeah. you learn quick. You either, yeah. and it's one of those things like when you're a tillerman, you either have it or you don't, because right. it's just you gotta figure it out. Yeah. There's no. If fans are butts. I mean, I've seen it in magazines. I've seen it in the movies. I saw Kramer do it on the Seinfeld. <laughs> you feel like Kramer sometimes. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I've never uh, I've never actually been in the seat. So what the hell was that like when <sighs> you first got in there? And um, terrifying. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. I bet. And uh, and it's unique too because it's not it's not your normal response. You know, you're used right. to getting in the back of the engine, throwing your gear on, throwing your pack on, and you pull up to a fire and right. off you go. With the tiller, you're obviously limited, so you got to pull up. Get off, finish dressing, put your pack on, open the compartment, put your stuff on, uh, get your right. tools, and go yeah, meet your right. officer. Right, right. So the way we run is the tillerman is your interior. Okay. So the officer is going to go interior. He's going to wait for you. You're going to go in together, and you guys will search, interior search, and uh, and everything that goes along with that. So, wow. so you got to get dressed, unique. meet your officer, and don't make them wait. It's a lot of, a lot of work, though, honestly. I mean, it is. Yeah. It's, um, it's I guess the best word is unique. I mean, yeah. you just, it's just something I've become adapted to it. That's the way you just, that's how you operate. You know, I know where I, well, in the old truck, everything was just fluid. You know, right. it just, you knew how to do it. Right, and, right. um, you know, the new one's going to be here soon. And it's a, 
it's going to be a difference. It's going to be a big change with yeah. driving and just all the safety mechanisms that, that Pierce has built into their new apparatus. But it's uh, yeah, it's an experience. It's awesome that the city was working with you to get to get what you need. Yeah, That's and awesome. uh, it took a lot of research too because right. you know you look at you look around us and uh, like Carney has a tower and you look at Newark, it's all straight jobs. Right. But we're very limited here. We have a lot of bridges. You know, there's a lot of trains that go through here and. We have bridges that are 12 foot eight and that's it's a high yeah you, know, you yeah, look yeah. at any straight stick any bucket you're not making that no so we literally had to build this custom truck from scratch and make it meet all the requirements that we need here yeah a lot of work <sighs> it a lot, was a lot uh, of pencil and paper yeah, yeah yeah a lot of pencil and paper a lot of crossing out racing and yeah. back and forth this is what we can you know maybe we can do this maybe we can get away with this and at the end of the day we, we came up with a brand new tiller and it's going to be it's it's going to be big for this town and this department. So Pierce makes a nice piece. I mean, you know, they got, they, they got their shit together. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they do it right, man. I mean, I, I grew up on Seagraves, so I was the biggest homer for Seagraves you yeah. could ever imagine. I got to tell you, I love Seagraves. <laughs> you can't I love Seagraves, man. You cannot. And, uh, nothing you know, like a Seagrave sound. It's the best. Yeah. So that was what we were going for. And right. then the way it worked out, Pierce was, Pierce was it. And, uh, it's, surprise a lot of people you know, right. for the obvious reasons but right right they work great with us you know the manufacturers fire and safety and uh they they were phenomenal the whole the whole process from awesome. start to finish was absolutely amazing that's awesome and uh it was a good learning i mean for, for me for a 30 year old guy coming up in the department like it was to experience this now and get this under my belt right to know what to expect in the future it's huge it's huge for me and i'll tell you it's you know Look, you know, thinking back of uh, what you said earlier when we spoke, I mean, to be 30 years old, four years on the company, you know, <laughs> on the department, and already you're being tasked with, you know, getting a ladder in place, that's pretty, yeah. impressive, pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's good. a lot of it is because of, like I said before, just arrogance and big mouth, you know. Right. You, you might shoot your mouth off sometimes and say, yeah, we could do this. I, I could figure this out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden someone hey, challenges you. Hey, figure this out. Yeah, here you go. Here's your, you think you could do it? Yeah. Show me. It's awesome, but man. I'm used to it. That's that's the way I've always learned, and it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Tell me, so so you uh, you came here four years ago. Yep. Tell me about tell me about the culture of this department. Tell me about it. Uh, this place is tight knit. I mean, we work very very closely together because we're not your normal average city department. You know, right. when when people think of North Jersey fire departments, they think of the the big dogs. You know, they think of Newark, right. they think of Jersey City, North Hudson, and uh, you know, you see all the videos and the way they operate. They show up to they show up to fires with two trucks, three engines, right, you know, a squad, right. and, and a chief, and that's their that's their first assignment. That's their first alarm. Right. We roll up, we roll up an engine, a truck, and a tour commander, and that's it. So, seven to nine guys, you know, two of which are staying out. You got your pump operator and your tour commander, and uh, it's go figure it out. It's you got to bring your best to the table every single day. You, know, there, you can't come here and say. Uh, I'm just not feeling it today. Like, today's not the day. No, you yeah. don't have that option. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you have to. You can't come here and have speed. No. Yeah. No, you got to come here and you got to be ready to go at all times. I mean. Yeah, that's where rubber meets the road, man. Yeah, yeah. and it's 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 a good place. Um, you know, we're we're right in the middle of a lot. You know, like I told you before, we border Newark, we border Kearney, we border um, East Newark, and we're mutual aid to North Hudson, we're mutual aid to Jersey City, we're on their box alarm assignments, and. Uh, you, you can't be off. You got to come here and you got to really know what you do. Because the uniqueness about this place and the tightness about this place is because there's no room to hide. Yeah, you know? I love that. There's nowhere to hide. I love that, you know. It's, it's good and bad. 
guys can you know come on you know they come onto the job and they're like oh I could do this I do that but then when you <laughs> when you're when you're small like that and you only got talk four to talk, guys walk to walk. that's it you're gonna see what they're all about yeah. you're gonna like that yeah and it's and it shows I mean some yeah. guys have had bad days some guys have good days but right. I mean man for man everyone in this department can hold their weight we we say to each other all the time you put us up against anyone on their best day and we're there we're right there I, I noticed in there um, at, around the kitchen table. You guys, you guys definitely got to figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can tell just the way you guys are meshing, you're, you're gelling. Uh, I mean, one of the biggest are... things about being a career fireman is, you know, you, you come into this job with so much expectation and so much um, thought behind it. Like, oh, right. man, I'm a, I'm a city fireman. I'm going right. to be a you know, North Jersey fireman. You go anywhere in this country and you say, I'm a North Jersey fireman. People would be like, oh, man. Yeah. But 90% of it is, is dealing with people, not just the citizens outside, you know, not right. just the... Not just the taxpayers, not the people you see on EMS calls. Right. It's dealing with each other. You're living with each other. You know, you're away from oh, your family. This is a whole nother family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's my wife jokes all the time. She's like, "You spend more time with them sometimes than yeah. you do with me," and it's true. It's it's honestly true. And and obviously, you figured out how to cook here. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm sure I, uh, it didn't happen before here. I uh, I had a hidden talent. I'm good at paying attention to something <laughs> and watching, and then I can figure it out. You know, I can I can watch you do something twi- once or twice, right. and I'll figure it out. Even if I don't do it well or suck at it, I'll figure it out. Well, that's good to know because you watched me put all this together. <laughs> this, was a, this was a production, <laughs> that's for sure. So now I know you I, you watch it one more time, you can do this. Oh, I'm in, man. I'm in. Anytime you need an assistant, bro, I'm right there. All right. So um, we always always talk about the good stuff, but give me worst experience, bro. Okay. So uh, my worst experience is uh, I got to go back to the to Jackson Mills, and this call is one of the things that sticks out in my mind, just 100%. Um, I don't know if they still do it, but do you remember, like, when Baskin-Robbins used to do, like, the firefighter scoop night? Yes. And uh, it was, like, the same day every yep. year, and, like, all the departments would go to their local Baskin-Robbins. Yep. So one night we went to uh, – we were doing the scoop night. We were out there. We had the whole department out there. We had our, our we had duty crew set up and everything like that. And uh, my boy Dan I talked about before, it was me and him on the ladder – and we were kind of short that night, so it was just him and I. Right. And uh, we got we got a call from Freehold. To they were special requesting us to an MVA with entrapment, and they special requested our plasma cutter. So that was a unique tool we had that yeah. not many people knew how to knew uh, to use. I wasn't good at it. My dad was. Right. Uh, Dan was pretty good at it, and uh, so my dad said, "All right, let's get in the truck and let's let's go." Right. So it was me, Dan, uh, another guy, and my dad. We went we went to this call. It was a good. It was a drive, too. It was like 12, 15 minutes to get from there. It was down on, on like, uh, 527. Okay. Like, past the S-curves up in, the, up in the, like the, the hills of Freehold a little bit. Right. And uh, so we got there, and it would, ended up being a motorcycle versus a pickup truck. So as we're walking up, it just it, – everything felt bad. As we're pulling up, you could see the helicopter was in the field right. with the motor off. Yeah, just that's not a good there. sign. So yeah. you're sitting there like, all right, this is, this is weird. And uh, – one of the first things that jumps out at me about that call was just the looks on the faces of the guys there that, are, that had been working there. Everyone looked defeated. Everyone just had their heads down, like that sullen look of, we don't know what to do anymore. And I don't ever want to say, like, they didn't know what to do, but right. everyone just looked defeated. They looked right. just broken. So we come walking up, and we have the plasma cutter, and uh, we're trying to figure out what's going on. So the chief says, hey, listen, to, to my dad, he's like, hey, chief, uh, I got a kid under the car. He's pinned because he's impaled. So we can't figure out how to get him. Right. So 
we kind of went at it like a puzzle piece. Like, okay, what's what's gonna what's happening here? What ended up happening was, you know, the old Silverados they had like those tow hooks on the front. Yes. So the kid laid the bike down, the bike slid, and the kid got fish hooked. Oh, the man. hook went into him, into his abdomen, ended up hitting his rib cage, and oh man, yeah. So he was kind of propped up, so it was like he was arched, and the hook was holding him off the ground, and he was laying flat. Wow, that's a job. It was. I mean, again, this is this is a couple of years. This is, I'm probably 22 at this time. Yeah. And I think I know what I'm doing. And you get underneath the pickup truck, and you're like, I don't even know where to start. Like, yeah. these guys have been here for 45 minutes, and they did everything, and they're good. Right. Freehold's a good company. They do a lot of cut jobs. Right. They have a huge rescue, and they have. Yeah, it's a beautiful rescue. It's, it's it a is. monster. Yeah, and we're like, what? But um, I mean, man, I, I can't. I I hate to keep going on about them. My old man knew what to do. Yeah. And we figured out a plan, and we said, this is what we're going to do. And we had uh, – Monarch has the MD unit. So they come, and they get – they're crawling underneath. They barely crawl underneath this pickup truck with us, and right. they start working with this kid. And the kid's alive. He's, he's talking to us, and he's – It's amazing. He's, <laughs> the human body amazes me. With like such Trauma like that, and you're yeah. al- alive, and, and you're talking. And he knew what was going on. And it's like – I think he knew what was going on. Right, you know, right. at, at this point, it's just a blank memory. But yeah. – uh, the, what makes it the worst call for me is right as we were about to finish, we actually ended up taking the hook and dismantling the car around the hook and taking the car because we had to transport him with the hook in. It was right, the only right, way right. we knew. Yeah, obviously that's not coming out. Yeah, and with the MD there, they said, like, listen, this, we need to transport him like this. But uh, right before we took him off, he looked over and he said, am I going to die? And that's like, yeah. again, you just hear you hear about stuff like that. And it just breaks. I've literally been in that situation. So it, I know exactly what you're talking about. It changes about. You. It, it does. That it moment does. changes you so that. bad. It's, it's crazy. Because you're looking at this kid, and I'm a kid. I'm right. looking at this kid who's only a couple years younger than me. And I'm like, yeah, man. But you know deep down. Yeah. No, you don't have a chance. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, man, we took the pressure off. We got him down on the ground. We took it on the backboard. And the second his back touched that backboard, the lights out yeah it was over and you know he ultimately passed away at the hospital but uh it broke your heart because you, yeah. you know that every single person there did everything they could for this guy yeah. and just just the wrong time yeah sometimes you know the outcome that's the outcome you know? <laughs> I've, I, and I've been exactly i mean listening to you tell me that uh it bring me right back to my situation yeah. you know and and i remember the same thing holding someone's hand and and uh Exactly what he said to me. Yeah, because you don't want to lie to a person. Yeah. But and of course, time, that's what you say. Yeah, yeah, of course you're gonna, you're gonna, yeah, I remember saying, absolutely. Yeah. You're going to get out of this. You're good. Don't worry about it. You know, yeah, over I'm over here over. for you. Absolutely. But, yeah, that's that's tough, man. It, it changes in a way. And, it's and tough. It really it sticks with you. And, uh, yeah, and that's one of the things about, you know, when you're a volunteer in the town that you live in mm-hmm. and you grow up in, and that's you know, most of the case. Yeah. These are people you know. These are someone's family. This is your your sister's friend yep. or you know you deal with people you know all the time and it just compounds and every time yep. it just hurts more and more and more no i agree it's it's uh again like you said earlier unless you're in it you just it's, don't it's very difficult to understand and and uh again if you're in the town you work in or volunteer in whatever it is yeah. you're gonna run to people that you either went to school with yep your family with or or worse you your family yeah you know and even with us like as career guys you know i might not live in harrison but you you grow to know these people yeah. because I'm I'm here every fourth day right and these are the people that I see every day I see the people walking down the street 
right the kids that walk past the firehouse you know the kids that walk in we have a playground next door and i saw that know, yeah. yeah we it's always cool. they actually just redid that playground and they did a whole thing it's a fireman's memorial playground it's oh, a beautiful that's awesome. thing that's awesome man. and uh yeah you see these people every day yeah. you know the names and everything and it just becomes you become emotionally connected and that's one of the hardest parts about this job is yeah. that the fact that you have to deal with people on their worst day yep Yep, and and don't think for a second that you know the impact you're making here with those kids on our playground. It sticks. It absolutely it sticks. Will. It will till they're till they're older. Yeah. They'll always remember that playground next to the firehouse. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, so yeah, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty bad experience, and um, that brings me to why we're here. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's that's not the only one. Yeah, yeah. So. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess a good segue for us is what we're talking about is, you know, we talk about this compounding issue and one of the biggest epidemics that we're dealing with right now, not only career, this is nationwide, is, you know, firefighter suicide and depression and PTSD. Yep. And there's so much, I mean, we could talk for hours about Mm -hmm. what we can do. Right. So, so my personal story is, uh, I work part-time at Six Flags at Great Adventure as a fireman. I've been there for I've been there a long time. I started as a lifeguard. I worked my way through as an right. EMT and a fireman. Um, I work with a guy named George Redner, and George was your typical big happy-go-lucky Irish fireman. Had the big fighting Irish thing on his on his arm. You know, he he bled for this job. Like right. everything about George was the fire department. The dude lived, breathed, ate. This was always about. That's all he wanted to do, and he was like. He was a big teddy bear, man. He was a big right. mush, but he was he was a bad dude. You know, he would he would charge in with anybody. You know, I I never got the chance to fight a fire outside of Six Legs with him. Right. But I would follow him anywhere because I know he always had my back. He was just that type of guy. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, August first of two thousand fifteen, George took his own life. And one of my biggest regrets is that there's so many signs that you can notice around you and there's so many things that you could do to uh to prevent it and everything was right in front of me but i didn't know enough i didn't teach myself and i didn't it's just one of those things you know uh, it's a stigma with this job you know you don't want to be the guy to come back from a bad call and say man like hey that's affecting me yeah yeah because it's just it's it's a stigma and you don't Mm want to do it but with the generation that we're coming up with what, what you really i think we need to focus on is with the newer guys and the young guys, you got to teach them. No, that's that's not right. It's not right anymore. Right. If you're feeling something, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's let's absolutely talk about it. Don't let all the signs go unnoticed. Don't um, don't be afraid to talk. I mean, you know, the world we live in today is a crazy place, and there's so much going on. Yeah. You turn on the news every day, and uh, and something's happening. Yeah. So the only way to get better is to talk to each other. Be human again. Talk about your feelings. You know, I was guilty of it. My whole life growing up, I, I shut everything out. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know, you know, you, you don't have to, you don't know how to talk to people. You don't know how to describe, I feel this way because of this reason. Right. And that's what's, that's what's killing us. That's flat out what's killing us. Yeah. And, um, and guys are just taking the wrong road. You know, guys find the bottle, they find the prescription pills and they hide from their, their demons and you got to find your way out. You know, it's, there's so much you can do. You know, your podcast with Chris was amazing. Thank you. And that's yeah. one of those things that, you know, what Chris and you guys talk about is such a big factor to this. Right. Because you got to take the time. You got to take the time and effort to make yourself better. Right. Get yourself physically better. Get yourself mentally better. Right. Keep yourself in shape. You know, one of the things I found with coming here is that 
when I leave here after a bad shift, if something's affecting me, it's not going to go away. No. You know, I could just ignore it for three days and say, oh, I don't want to deal with that. But after that 72-hour off period, I'm going to walk back in here, and it's still going to be here. It's like a ghost. It's going to be here. Absolutely. I can't run from it. The second I walk in here, it's going to be here. Yep. And what I noticed is, um, you know, I've been doing this a long time, too. And uh, what happens is you're exactly right. It doesn't go away. No. What happens is it just gets stored. Yeah. And then another bad call happens. Yep. And then that kind of takes over. And then you dwell on that for a day or two. Yeah. And then another bad day call comes. And then next thing you know, it's just, they just keep piling up. And then eventually something bad's going to happen. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I mean, look at these facts here. You know, in 2017, more police and fire suicides than there were line of duty deaths combined. That's crazy. That's scary. That's crazy. Yeah. So you're talking 103 firemen committed suicide. And there were 93 line of duty deaths. 140 police officers committed suicide. There was 129 line of duty deaths. That's insane. The fact that we're doubling deaths in the service with suicide is, it's, it's got to be better. You know, I, I pulled some stats here, and it's, it's just crazy. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm literally taken back by those, it's, those numbers. Dude, these numbers. I had no and idea. And it gets worse. It gets worse. Because you look at this, right? You're as a public as a public servant as a first responder. You're five times more likely to suffer than the average civilian. Five times. It's a decent amount. Yeah. But here's the facts. Here's where it gets crazy. So you talk about PTSD, right? As a firefighter, twenty-two percent of the, of firefighters have depression and PTSD. It's a fact. Police department, thirty-five percent. You know, look at depression, fifteen percent, thirty-five percent. Suicide rate, forty-eight percent. Holy shit. This is, and that's why those numbers are so high. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Like it, there's there's so much more we could do, you know. And and I think where we lack as as a service is we're selfish, because we don't ever think about ourselves. So it's true. I mean, selfish in a very different way. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Not, what you, I know what you mean. We're not selfish to others. Right. We're right. selfish to ourselves. To ourselves. Right. You know, you can go. Uh, me and my wife talk about it all the time, you know, and, and God bless her for helping me heal and become more of a better human and learn how to take care of myself right. because you got to learn like, all right, you know, if you come back from a bad shift, right, you have a bad day here. I go home and I walk through the door and you're irritable and you're grouchy. And, oh, I just want to sleep. Uh, I don't want to deal with this today. Right. Okay. Well, the, the day goes on. You still have tasks to do. You still have things to do. You still have a life to live. Right. So sitting there with that attitude saying, oh, you know, I don't want to do this. It, it, again, it doesn't go away. The things right. don't go away. You have to face them, and you have to face them first on, uh, head on, and you've got to deal with them. Yeah. So you've got <coughs> to learn to – I think the biggest thing that we could do is start looking at a process of how to fix it. You know, what, what steps as a, as a leader – as a chief or a chief officer, what can you do to make make your the people underneath you understand better? From the senior guy that's been in the firehouse forty years to the probie who just walked in yesterday, right. you know what 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 can you do? You know we have all these crazy uh, processes and rules of how to you know how to deal with things, right? But who's what's the rule when you come back from a bad call? There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. You know there. It, it starts from the top, and it's got to work its way down. You know, as a chief officer, as a, as a fireman, as a, as a lieutenant, no matter who you are, you got to learn to be able to say, hey, listen, 
I think we need to talk about this. Well, it's good. Um, there was just a, a really bad incident that occurred. Um, I'm not going to mention where it was, but uh, um, a captain I know from that department said that as soon as the call was over, him and, him and the chief, they organized uh, grief counseling like yep. right away. I think I know the one you're talking about. And, and yeah, and he said, uh, and he said to me, that was like the first thing they talked about. Yeah. And thinking back years ago, no way. It would never it, happen. It would never. It and would if never you, And if you made it available to people, um, it certainly wasn't mandatory. Yeah. You know, and guys would be like, yeah. Exactly. If you, can, if you can't handle that, then you yeah. shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, we're all guilty of it. I mean, you saw, you know, like in Jackson, we had uh, Reverend Dan. Reverend Dan is a saint. Like this man, if some, before you could even think like, oh, man, I know, we're going to have that grief counseling thing. Right. He was there already. You come back and he was sitting there in the building waiting. Okay, boys, let's talk. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's awesome. For me, I was lucky. You know, I got away with, you know, my feelings because I had a dad who was usually with me and who had been through a lot and gets worse. it. Yeah. He totally gets it. Yeah. I mean, the guy survived, you know, years in the FDNY and right. he started to heal himself. Greatest fire department in the world. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. I think, right, you know, Harrison's probably better. But. That's a good answer. <laughs> I can't let him get that credit. Yeah, that's good. But, uh, you know, it's – I had that ability to, to talk to him. And right. when I didn't want to talk to him, I had my best friend who right. was also there with me. And he – me and him kept each other alive through our – like I said, you know, in the beginning. Right. We've been through the worst together. We've been through the best together. You know, I don't think – if I didn't have those kind of people in my life, which the average guy doesn't, you know, the average yeah. volunteer career guy – they don't have a dad who's retired. You know, a lot yeah. do, thankfully. Right, right. Or they don't, you know, they don't have a best friend who was there riding with you from a lot of these calls. And, uh, the, you know, they don't have that ability to, to sit there and say, hey, listen, what do you think about this? Because I, yeah. I don't feel right, you know. And, and it, it just starts with a conversation. It starts with a conversation. But there's so much more we could do. You mm -hmm. know, there's so much more that, as a chief, you know, I really want to challenge, you know, especially the chiefs of Ocean, Ocean County. Right. Like, the things that happen in Ocean County are unbelievable. People don't realize. No. You know, it. people don't realize the no. crazy shit that goes on there. Yeah, you know? from LBI to Jackson, like, there's, you know, I can't even begin to explain a good starting point. Yeah. But, you know, you listen to your to your podcast with Chris, uh, with Chris Aldridge. Right. Talk about Sandy with Gonzo. Right, right. Right, all these guys. You can sit there and look at that podcast, right, and you look at their faces. And as soon as you bring up Sandy. You can see it. You can see the body language, the Absolutely. shoulders hunch. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh. You know, even when you were talking about what you went through right. and your experiences, seeing guys you knew, their houses destroyed, mm -hmm. that affects you as a person. You know, and there's there's so much to it. There's so much. Got a job. The engine. Gonna move this out of the way. So uh, caught a run in the middle of that. Yeah, yeah. That definitely makes for good TV. Yeah, man. It's it's my month uh, off the engine though, so ah. that's, I don't get to do the first responder this month. Yes, you're in the ladder. Yeah, that's my favorite place to be. So so when the ladder's not here, what do you want? Uh, so we rotate. Uh, my because we're a small department, and right. you know we really don't have the ability to to kind of to do 
assigned riding positions every shift you kind of have to be good at everything and you know? so um you know with we have eight new guys in the firehouse so if if you're the senior guy that day you might have to be driving the engine right you know if um if you're the junior guy you might get lucky ride the back it all depends you know it all is, it's all changes day to day it's fluid right um on my tour for the most part i know i'm either going to be tillering or in the back of the engine um when my partner who's not here if he's not here if he's on vacation or if he's sick then i'll move up i'll drive the engine and the probies in the back um so it changes every day every day is something different it's new and it, it's good i mean it's good because you you don't get complacent you right, know like right, for right. me obviously i don't like pumping i don't like driving who wants to be outside you yeah, know yeah. who wants to sit out there and do it especially right now it's cold i don't want to be stuck in there <laughs> you know I, I don't want to deal with all that so but it's good you know it, it keeps you it keeps you on your feet yeah it keeps you fluid and it keeps you to the ability to say like all right well you know i never have to drive no you gotta you gotta drive right, you gotta right, know right. what to do so yeah, you gotta be able to do everything yeah which is good so um right before you got you guys said the uh the, the box you, tell me about um these statistics are yeah. alarming man. yeah they're alarming um so actually i think what i was trying to do is i was trying to challenge the chiefs of ocean county come up with a program right so in light of George uh, committing suicide, you know, there's there's a lot of fallout. You know, one of the things about suicide is people are in so much pain and suffering so bad that at the moment, it's your only option. You know, that's right. for me what I became, you know, because at first when George died, I was mad. I was, so, I was so mad. I was like, you know, you're my boy. You're I work with you two days a week. You know, we go out drinking together. We talk right. about girls at the time. I was single at the time. So we talk yeah. about girls together. <laughs> you heard that, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and and even, like, my wife got to know her. You know, when right. we started dating, George was still alive and part of our lives. And, uh, right. and you know, she was a big reason to save me because she was there to pick up my pieces right, and right. teach me how to rebuild myself. But um, there's a lot to that, you know. But so some of the fallout and some one of the beautiful things that George and his family did um, – in light of George's death, they came up with a program. So in Pennsylvania, there's this thing called the Code Green campaign. Okay. And it's all about suicide prevention, and it's all about how to um, how to deal with this. You know, how to help families deal with it. And then one of the guys that was associated with George's fire company out in Pennsylvania is actually a state representative, and they okay. started a bill and they started legislation, and it just started gaining momentum. And it's it's still in its infancy, but right. you know, there's so much more we could do as as a as a state and as firemen, as, as you know, we're here to help people. So part of right. our job is to help people. Why aren't we helping each other? Right. You know, um, so part of this campaign and what they do is uh, it's, it's almost like there's a call center, right? So there's a 24 seven call center. And okay. if you are feeling, um, you know, I wish I should have had the, the number for it and everything like that. But I'll, I'll put it on the, uh, I'll yeah, put it on yeah. I'll definitely find it yep. and stuff like that. But you know, like there's, there's obviously the suicide hotlines and there's right. all these things, but people are always afraid and, and they don't know about these resources, you know, like for me and you, you know, if, if I'm suffering from something that I saw on the job, if right. I saw something that's haunting me, you know, like if you have a ghost, you just can't shake, right. you know, I don't want to talk about it to some Joe Schmo, you know, what, what does he know? You know. Can I tell you what the fear is I hear? Oh, please. I hear that, um, well, if I call that, they're going to trace me, and they're going to end up committing me. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do my job anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to be a firefighter. I'm not going to be able to be a police officer or an EMT anymore. Yeah. That's that's the stigma. That's, that is the stigma. And it, and it's a legitimate concern. It is, but I think... For a lot what, of people. And, and, and you know what? It, it makes sense. Right. I I get it. I was there. Right. You know, I, I thought about what would happen if I said I was, you know 
what happens if I say I'm scared yeah. to go back to work? What happens right. when I say, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to come here and put this uniform on because when I do, I don't feel right. It makes me remember the bad things and makes me think about death and depression right. and, and puts you into that funk. Gonzo says when the last time he put that uniform on was, you know. That was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. That was was, heartbreaking. I got to tell you, bro, sitting across from him and and letting him tell me that story, it was very, very difficult. And, you know, I get it. Yeah. And I I, I totally get where he's coming from. Yeah. You have to take a step back. You do. You absolutely do. And it it starts to to become one of those things. Like, okay, we have all these programs set up like we've talked about. But maybe it's time to say, like, when – when a person, you know, if you, if I were to approach my battalion chief right now and say, hey, listen, I'm not feeling right. You know, I feel a little off. I feel a little screwed up. You know, I, I think I need to talk to somebody. I need to get my head right. Right. Maybe you need to be benched. I hate to talk about it like that, yeah, but yeah. it's part of the healing process. Right. You know, like you said just now, yep. maybe you need to take a step back. One of Gonzo's big things was to say, like, I needed time to heal. Right. And I needed time to get that passion back. Right. So what makes that any different from any of us why don't why doesn't it become mandatory right you know i know obviously manpower and you know it's you know it's your job sometimes and you got to do it but maybe you need to be benched maybe you need to say like hey listen you just went through something you came to us and you said i i feel a certain way right maybe you need to be benched for a little bit and 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 listen if you have the courage to step up and say i can't perform at the expectation you expect me to be at and I can't do my job properly because I have this ghost that's sitting over my head and right. weighing me down. That takes a lot of courage because then you're saying to yourself, you're not in the right state of mind. You can't do this. You're telling someone else that I need help. Earlier, and, you said to me um, about Georgia and said, you know, there were things that happened that I didn't realize at the time. Yep. Um, can you touch on some of that? Absolutely. I mean, for – so – Leading up to the to the day, right? I said it was August first, the morning of August first. It was like six something a.m. The night before, uh, George called me and he said, "Hey man, uh, you take my shift tomorrow," and it happened to be a shift with my my buddy Dan. Okay. So I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah I'll take yeah. a shift <laughs> with <laughs> my boy." Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I, I you just sensed something. I was like, "Everything all right? Like what's going on?" And he was like, "Ah, you know, I'm having an asthma attack. I gotta go. Uh, I'm at the hospital. I just gotta you know get some medicine." But George wasn't that kind of guy. You know, yeah. asthma wasn't going to put George down. He right, loved right. coming to work. He loved his job. He loved being around the guys and just, he loved doing it. But at the time, it was just one of those things like, yeah, you know what? Okay, no big deal. Right. Before that, leading up to it, he just seemed off. You know, he was, I don't want to bad talk him. I don't want to make him seem like a, that, that kind of person. But he right. was drinking. You know, it's what we all do. Mm-hmm. You know, when he died, the first thing I did, go to the bottle. Right. It's a it's a it's a coping mechanism, but not a good one. Of course, not a good right, one. Right, right. And it's something we're we certainly not condoning from. that. It's no, just, it's just no. reality. It is. It's, it's right. absolute reality. It's it's what we tend to do. Right. You know, you find comfort in something, and that numbs you, and that's what people do. But there's other ways to do it. You right. know, like um, I hate to break away, but you know, one of the things to solve that problem is find outlets. You know, mm-hmm. what could you have done instead of drink, like Chris's podcast? Right. Learn to work out, you know, instead yeah. of taking the aggression out on yourself and just beating yourself up, go make yourself better. Right. Clear the aggression out. All right. Stress is cortisol. Stress is cortisol built up in the body. So rid the cortisol, de-stress yourself, get better. It's all, it's all part of the process. 
Bro, I'm gonna be 100% honest with you about something right now. And uh, those ghosts you talk about and <laughs> and uh, the things we see, you know? Yeah. You know, you talk about an outlet. I'm gonna be honest with you, this, this is an outlet. Is an outlet for me. Yeah. I I, I love doing this. Yeah. Um, meeting people like yourself. Um, to to come back, the reason this all came about actually um, was you reached out to me. Yeah. And uh, you sent me an awesome message. Yeah. And um, it, I mean, it's it. Listen, this is this is not about me. I mean, to be here and talk to you right. is it helps me. This is a healing process. Right. But this is this is about George, and it's about taking care of everyone else and. The goal, I think we both agree on, yeah. we both talked about it, is I want to save a life one day. Right. And I don't want someone to suffer like George's family suffered. Yeah. I don't ever want someone to go through that again. And I think we can do more yeah. as people, as firemen, as first responders, EMTs, police officers. You know, we could do more. We could, yeah. we could take an extra step and find a way to start dealing with it and talk to each other to get rid of that stigma of, oh, I'm going to be locked up. No, you're not going to be locked up. Yeah. Someone's going to help you. Right. There's going to be, there's a problem. And you got to get to the root of that problem, and you got to solve it. Find an outlet. Have someone guide you through the grieving process. Right. A, everyone talks about the grieving process. Right, right. It's a real thing. Absolutely. So yeah. find someone to help you deal with it. For me, I was lucky. Like I said, I had my dad, I had my best friend, and I had my wife. And right. all of those people have helped me through every dark day I've ever had. Right. And it's because... You know, at first it wasn't easy. I never talked about it. I put everything away. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I know now with the military that I didn't know back then was I was an immature person and I was very arrogant and I hid everything and I just didn't want to, uh, you know, had that bravado of I don't want to talk about it and I don't want to. That doesn't affect me. Yeah, but it does. It does. It all adds up. It all adds up. Of course. It weighs on you and you got to start being able to say, hey, listen, I need to talk about this. And, uh, you know. And it's hard. And a lot of people find there's excuses in every angle. Oh, I don't right. want to talk to my wife because she doesn't understand. Right. Okay. Someone's going to understand. Sure. Someone in your life understands. Just what we're doing right now with therapy. Exactly. You know, exactly. just this alone is therapy. I mean, just being able to talk to uh, other brothers and, yeah. and sisters and say like, oh, you know, and it's funny. It'll just come up organically. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember a job like that. And yeah. then you know, you're bouncing ideas off each other and bouncing stories off each other. And then. All of a sudden you you're sitting better. there, yeah, laughing and joking and saying, Man, I'm not like, the only one going through this. Yeah. Like there's other people thinking the same thing I'm thinking. And that's and that's the thing that a lot of people just don't understand is that, you know, you go to a bad call. Absolutely. Right. And there's gonna be a thousand people sitting there going, Oh man, you all right? You know, hey, what's going on? Right. But there's a few genuine people that are sitting there worried about you as a person saying, Are you okay? Right. What do you need? Because it's not you're just not, a general statement. Yeah. Like, yeah. Are you okay? And, no. and listen, I don't care who you are. I don't right. care if you're the toughest guy in the firehouse. I don't care if you're brand new. Right. You see something that changes you. You know, it's going to change from that moment. You see that. Right. It's going to change. Your life is going to change. Absolutely. And it's going to be a fluidity of change. Right. You need to be able to adapt to it, move along with it, and deal with it. It's funny. All these probies coming in now. They're so desensitized. Yeah. Because like when Tech I was growing generation. up, I was growing up. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have the YouTube. No. We, you know, there was no Facebook. No. Nope. No Instagram. So you're not looking at death all the time. You know, yeah. you can go on YouTube and watch a million fatal accidents. You yep. can. But we were kids. We weren't exposed to that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Um, but you know what else? You know what else is on HBO. But now with their generation, what we're starting to notice is that they're using that social media, that tech, to to express their feelings. Right. And that's that's the warning signs you got to look for. Now. Right, right, right. You know, but 
it's it's also it could help this is an outlet like we talked about right. this is a good way to get messages out there and say hey listen there's help there's you know there's groups you could join talk to somebody you know you, you know what the difference is though back to the social media stuff and youtube to you can watch it on a video all day long when you're standing in front of it totally different it's completely different yeah. situation so they may look at this stuff and go ah oh, you know, I've seen that already. Yeah. No, you haven't. No. No, you haven't. Yeah. And until you're literally standing in that situation, <laughs> and that's when you, yeah. when you realize it. I mean, we see it now. Like I said, we have yeah. eight new guys in the firehouse, right. and they range from, you know, their mid-20s to their mid-30s. Right. But I knew personally, like, for me, you know, it's it's telling this story. It's talking mm-hmm. about it and saying, hey, listen, we're going to see some shit in this job. You're going to see some shit that you've never imagined. Yeah. And you're oh, yeah. going to see some yeah. stuff that's going to – you're going to go home one night and you're going to look, you're going to sit there and you're going to stare at the ceiling and every time you close your eyes, you're going to think about it mm-hmm. and it's going to screw you up. Mm-hmm. I want you to be able to come to me cause I'm your bro. Right. And I want you to know I got your back. You know, even if you're pissed off me that day, right. if, if I beat you in basketball right. or, you know, if I piss you off doing something, right. I don't care if you have that feeling, come to me, let's talk about it. I, uh, it's funny you say that cause you know, you said you, you think of things. I remember, um, I was on a fatal crash when I was very young. Uh, I want to say I was 18. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was like one of these calls, like three in the morning. Yeah. Um, three people had, had died in this car, and you know, really horrific crash. You know, fire involved in hauling yards, and and uh, of all that destruction and, and all that death, I saw what stood out to me. And what I couldn't get out of my mind for like three days was the hazard lights blinking, blinking oh, from the truck that yep. the car hit the back of a dump truck yeah. on the parkway. And, it, you know, it was bad. Yeah. But the back feed going through the speakers from the hazard lights flashing that, I mean, I heard that for like three days yeah. in my sleep. Yep. And uh, at the time, you just. You don't think about it. You don't think you about don't it. You don't think about it. But, you know, like. <laughs> it's crazy what you remember. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's little subtle things like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, um. I remember we went to one accident and it was a yellow Cavalier, right? And anytime I saw a yellow car after that, it was just like, oh man. Yeah, you know? Get your attention. Yeah. 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 Cause it's, it's such, but that's what trauma, right. it, trauma sticks in your brain right. and it just, it stays there. So what angers me, um, about firefighters like George, our brothers is he could have called anybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He could have called anybody and said, Hey, um, you got a minute? Can we talk? Yeah. You would have been there like that. Instantly. Instantly. In Pennsylvania. Yep. It wouldn't have mattered. You would have gotten in a car and you would have been there. Yep. Why do you think it is that um, we don't do that? That's that's the hardest question to ask and to answer. And, you know, I think about it and there's so many unanswered questions with George with the morning and that night and what happened. And, you know, there's a lot more to the story that I can't talk about. But Right, right. It's because the system let him down, and um, he, I, in my heart, I believe that when it happened and when he made that decision, he truly felt like he was alone in the world, right. and that there wasn't anybody else. That was it. Yes. This was the only answer, and that's what that's what breaks my heart, and that's what yeah. what hurt me the most is that, you know, I want to say like, yeah, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call me? Why didn't you tell me right. what was going on? what you were thinking of i would have i would have got my car and been there right but you didn't so i let you down and that's what hurt because i don't blame you know after you go through for him for for him i was mad i was sad i was you know 
I was angry. And then, and then you start to blame yourself. Why, why didn't I know? Yeah, why didn't I see guilt. it? Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. And then, yeah. you know, and then burying him and seeing his family and getting close to this family. And it just, it eats at you. Like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't, why wasn't I the answer? Right. Why wasn't I good enough? And that's what always baffled me um, about our brothers and sisters killing themselves because we always talk. Yeah. Just like this. So you would think, man, when you're at the lowest, and to me, the saddest part of suicide is the fact that you have to be at the lowest part of your life. In that moment, you're feeling alone when you have all these people around you that want to help, that want to be there. So it, it, that's, it, it baffles my mind that, you know, that when you, the people that say they're always going to be there for you, literally are there for you. So why aren't we, why aren't we picking up that phone? Why aren't we calling? Yeah. And I like, so to open myself up a little bit, like when I was going through my dark days and I was suffering, you know, it's, it's not only the fact that like, I know for me personally, I knew there was people out there. I didn't want their help. Right. You know, I didn't want to be. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just right. wanted to disappear, and I wanted to disappear in my own mind and, and figure it out because right. no, I'm stronger than that. But you're not. Right. we got to realize we're, we're human. You know, We're human, too. We have the same reactions as everybody else. These people that we deal with on a daily basis, right. you know, that we're there to help, um, we, we're the same people. And we have the same struggles that everyone else, the civilians have. You know, yeah. We have our, our family hardships, and we have our re- uh, relationship problems and yeah. financial problems and and then factor all of those things, and then come to work here and deal with a, a dead baby or, or yeah. a, you know, a fatal fire or a fatal crash. And man, it just it's, compounds. It, yeah, it just compounds. compounds. It gets compounds. worse. It does. It's tough. It's a, it's a really tough situation. You know, it makes us stronger, but at the same time, it makes us susceptible to to these deaths. And yeah, and those numbers scare me. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. Yeah. It's it's, and it's trending to that. You know, it's taking over the big ones. It's right. beating cancer. It's right. beating heart disease you know but look at look at everything we've done you know yeah. you posted i think yesterday the hoods for heroes program yeah. right oh man i'm so excited i <laughs> i cannot tell you how excited i am to be part it's of that it's awesome it's such a good concept oh it's you awesome know? and then to piggyback off of that look right. at the captain buscio program yep oh yeah so Great what program. are we doing right there i did Taking that care i loved it it dude it i did awesome. it and it blew my mind yeah. you think you're healthy and all, you go through that <laughs> and it's like Whoa. all right maybe i gotta yeah. lay off a little I, bit. I remember the doctor sitting across from me you know how they come you know he's got the thing and he's like yeah, you're sitting there all cocky, like, yeah. healthy? What are you talking about? Know, blood work. You know, to fix this and fix that. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I thought it was good. Yeah, you know, yeah. Open your eyes. Yeah, you're like, dry my, I'm, my cholesterol's what? I'm yeah. 28 years old. What are you talking about? <laughs> you got to lay off the burgers. Yeah, but I mean, but here's here's a simple thing, right? right. And it, it sounds simple. I know it's not. It's, it's complicated. But you have these programs set, right? So Captain Buscio beats mm-hmm. heart disease, right? Yep. We're beating heart disease. We're right. winning. Yeah. We're slowly winning, but we're winning. Right. Right. The Hoods for Heroes, all these cancer programs, right. wash your gear. Yeah. Right. Everyone knows it's not a thing anymore. You don't, you know, look on these racks. The yeah. clothes are dirty, but they're not covered in soot and everything right, like that. Right, right, right. Because we wash our gear. Yeah. You know, you come back from a fire, the first thing you do, you put your gear in the, in the thing. Right. You take your helmets, you wipe them off. You get all that cancer-causing carcinogens off of your stuff. Bro, you're going you're gonna to laugh at me. At the, I, you know, I, I love the show because it's, it's so raw. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just caught some work, you know, and um, I, I came back from the from the job working fire, you know, uh, division two. It was it was good fire. Yeah. And uh, I got done as soon as I got back to firehouse. I I, uh, 
I washed my helmet. <laughs> it hurt. It hurts, bro. It kills I got to tell you something. I'm embarrassed to say this, and uh, but I want to be honest. In 27 years, I've never done that. Yeah. You know, and I literally sat in our. You know, we have a, um, a you know, a pretty decent sized wash tub there. Yeah. And I'm, you know, in the slop sink, and I'm cleaning my helmet, and I, I, I couldn't believe that it took the podcast to do it to wake you up. Right to like you know Chief Hall from uh, episode one. Yeah. Uh, you know, he talks about washing gear and all yeah. that, and they've been doing that forever. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Jesus, I haven't done that it's, ever. And, and it's it's crazy because yeah. it's a simple program. Right. It's someone to sit there and say, Hey, listen, this is the this is what's set up. Let's do it this way. Let's yeah. try that. The dirty gear is not cool gear anymore. Yeah. And that's I totally agree with that. Yeah. You know what? You know what really blew my mind is uh, so when we went out to Pierce to do stuff for the ladder, uh, we met a couple guys from Florida. Right. And. They're in Florida, the whole state. They're rolling out this uh, clean cab initiative. Have you heard of that? No. Oh, this is gonna this is gonna blow your mind. So, what they do is there's no more turnout gear in the cab. Okay. And there's no more. Uh, hang on a sec. So there's no more turnout gear in the truck. There's no more SCBAs in the truck. Okay. It's basically you get out in your station gear. Okay. You get to the fire. You put your gear on. You fight the fire. Do what you got to do. Get out. Put your gear in another compartment so not the compartment that you are you know not that you're getting back into not the truck right. you're getting back into right but uh <laughs> so what they what they do is they basically they eliminate living in that environment so they're taking away all the uh, carcinogens from the system right so don't get in the gear with dirty don't get in the truck with dirty gear wipe yourself down they're big on those fire wipes Oh, nice. So as soon as these guys take their gear off, yeah. they take it off right there, they bag it up, they decon themselves with fire wipes, and then they go in the truck. So they're eliminating everything. Wow. And this initiative is actually taking off. Like they're Pierce is pushing it on, you know, other companies. Right. Obviously they want to get it going up here because once it happens up here, it's just a domino effect. Yeah, yeah. But you know, That's we went, I never even heard of that. It's awesome. We they were talking to us about it and we're like, What? You show up to a fire and then you put your gear on? We would be crucified. Yeah. You know, like no one wants to do that. But yeah. If you think about it, like if you actually sit down and think about it, you're like, wow, man, that's, I kind of get it. It yeah. makes sense. Like it's certainly a way to keep everything clean. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think about, you know, yeah, you're right. That's, that's pretty awesome. It's, a, it's just a foreign concept, but right. will it work in the future? Maybe, you yeah. know, it's something that has to be developed and refined, but right. I get it. I get the process behind it and I get what it does. Yeah. If, if you're looking to prevent cancer, I mean. Anything helps. Yeah. Anything helps. Like yeah. the Hoods for Heroes. Yep. Um, what a what a awesome idea. Yeah. You know? So, and it's and it's like you said, it's a little stuff, you know. Right, like right. the first time you saw that, that video on YouTube of your hood in like this vat of water and you're like, My hood's not that dirty. <laughs> yeah. You throw it in the bucket of water and you're like, Whoa, yeah. that's bad. And it, where's it going? On your face, on yeah. your skin and your neck. Oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean look at look at these things, you know, with the exhaust systems on the truck now. Right. Every right. firehouse you go to has a plymo vent or right. some sort of exhaust system. Right. Why is that? Because we were living in it. Right. And it's you know, it's eliminating it. So I mean to circle back around, we're taking all these steps, right? right. We're doing all these things. There's all these things set up. What's the one to set up to help us with PTSD and suicide? Why why is it still a thing? Right. Why aren't we doing better? Well, you said it best. It's an elephant in the room. Yeah. Right. I mean, that. Is there any other way to say it? I mean, no. it's the truth. I no, mean, it's the truth. You know, until until people realize that it's an epidemic. Yeah. 
with those numbers. Again, That's an I epidemic. Keep, those numbers I are an epidemic. I keep back to that because I just can't believe it. It's crazy. The first time you actually, like, I, I looked these numbers up yesterday just to confirm because I didn't want to come on and sound like I didn't know what I was talking about. Right, right, right. But uh, I'm very impressed. You're <laughs> much more uh, advanced than I am. I mean, dude, I, I looked at these numbers and I'm like, no way. What kind of source is this? You know, yeah, like yeah. what kind of fake news is this? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. So I look and I'm like, no, I got to do a little more research. Right, and then right. I looked. It's not fire engineering. I'm Reliable like, source, man. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then you look a little more, you know. And, yeah. And every, everywhere we go for information, right? Firehouse Magazine, it's all there. It's right. all right in front of us. Right. Is it that page in the magazine we all just, I don't want to read that. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. But you got to be able to open yourself up and say, I could do better. I could do more. This is what's bothering me, you know. And it, it's, it comes out to little stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, my wife is huge into the essential oils, stuff like that. Like, and listen, I was so skeptical at first. Like, that lavender oh. thing isn't going to make me sleep. <laughs> she goes, oh, yeah? Puts it in the diffuser. And, man, I slept like a baby. <laughs> what, is, what is this sorcery going on? Yeah, it's awesome. You know? It's and next witchcraft. Thing, yeah. <laughs> next thing I know, I'm buying this Valor, and I'm rubbing it on my wrist and palms, and it works, you know? Do you do that in front of the guys? Oh, no, no. I don't do that here. <laughs> Don't worry, your secret's safe. No one will know. I think I brought, like, a little diffuser here once, and I was, like, diffusing, like, lavender oil in the dorm once in the bunk room. And guys were like, what is that smell? You know, it's not a fart. It's not some, like, right, right. It's not some crazy smell. And they're like, I, I don't get it. And I was like, yeah, I, I can't get this here. That's awesome. So, um, so listen, I, I got to tell you, I, I appreciate you talking about George. Ah, uh, dude, it's... I, you know, and I'm sure his family is just ecstatic that you're doing this. Yeah, I think I think I can speak for them and say that, you know, they agree with me and say that this pain is too much. You yeah. know, no family should ever, ever, ever have to, to even suffer through this anymore. So if if this saves one life, if this right. makes one person sit there and reflect and look in the mirror and say, hey, listen, yeah, I need I need help. I need to talk to someone. That's the goal. So that's the goal. So is it fair to say that? If, if there's one brother or sister watching us right now and they're in that dark spot, right? yeah, um, can we just do it for George's memory just to make that phone call? Yeah, yeah. You know, dude, I'll put my phone number up. Yep. If you ever feel a certain way, you call me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. We're I don't all, care if you're a complete family. stranger. Exactly. We're all family. Yep. If you call me up and say, "Hey, man, I heard what you said and I want to talk about it," right. well, let's get you help. Let's find it. If I can't personally help you, I'll find a way. And I think everyone needs to take that initiative. So what advice would you give? Um, what's the message, bro? What's, what's the message to their brother and sister watching right now that might be watching <laughs> this and going, holy shit, I might be there right now. I'm like pretty yeah. depressed and I, I don't know where to turn and I'm afraid to come forward. What do you say? I hate to, to be the guy to sound, you know, corny or whatever you want to call it, but it's not the end. You know, right. whatever problem you have, it's, it's, you can find an answer. Right. You know, money's money. You yep. know, relationships relationships yep. they're there they hurt yeah sure. it's gonna hurt like hell but guess what pain's temporary yep. pain is always temporary and no matter what you're going through it's not the end right. someone will be able to help you someone will find a way mm-hmm. someone's going to talk to you someone you know if you're surrounded by negativity change the situation right. if you are in a place where you can't reach out and get help it's time for a scenery change Do- it's a great thing on Facebook I saw and it's like you know I had a, a person like a half a person and it was cut in half and it was like the toxic people in your life you just separate yourself from the toxic yeah. people in your life you know it's 
It's true. You know, sometimes you got to reassess. It is. I mean, uh, listen, I, I, I can't say it enough. I'm so blessed and I'm so lucky to have the support system I have. Like, not only the people that I mentioned already. Right, right. I have a solid group of friends that we've been friends since high school. You know, my awesome. high school friends, we're still together. You know, like I said, I'm going to Mexico for my wedding in 24 hours. Oh, and congratulations. <laughs> thank you. And all of these people are coming with me. Right, right. And oh, that's awesome. It's just, it's a show of support and love. And right. any one of them, I could turn to at any moment and say, "Hey, listen, man, I'm, you know, I'm dealing with this, and I need help. I need right. to, you know, I need to sit and talk about it. I need to yeah. sit and take a walk with me, or let's go to the gym. Let's go work it out. Let me scream and grunt and throw weight that I can't and shouldn't be lifting. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the gym is definitely my outlet. I, yeah, I, I, when I'm in the gym, I. It's absolutely my life. You know, yeah. I neglected I love it for it. so long in my life, and yeah. I didn't start really taking care of my body physically until I was on the job and realized, like, hey, this is what's going to keep the paychecks coming. So yeah, take care of it. Yeah. And it's uh, an investment. <laughs> it's an investment. But you can stop. Listen, if you can't stop your problem in the gym, right? You're doing it wrong. Something's yeah. going on. <laughs> you know, maybe all right. Maybe you can stop it in the kitchen. Yeah, I throw a little. I throw a little tool in my headphones. Yeah. and I'm off to the races. Oh man, I put Metallica S and M album on and just. <laughs> that'll gone. that'll definitely work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like I said, I appreciate talking about George and and you know. It was an honor to tell a story. It really was. Yeah, and, it, and this is this is an awesome. I mean, this makes it all worth it for me. Yeah. Honestly, you know, I mentioned it before, and you you know you're, you're a humble guy, uh, and I I. <laughs> I like that. But you did said, oh, no, it's not about me. But listen, bro, you're the one that reached out to me. You're the one that wanted to talk about George. It, it and if not for said. you doing this, um, it might not have been said. Yeah. You know, it, it, and uh, I appreciate it. I know the family certainly appreciates it. Yeah. Your brother and sister's watching appreciate what you're doing, man. Yeah. It, it needs to be said. You yeah. know, there's, there's, it shouldn't happen. Right. And, you know, I, I wish George could be here to tell you his success story. Because right. he didn't deserve it. Right. His family didn't deserve it. You know, the world didn't deserve to lose him as a person. Right. And I'm sure that list is endless. You know, you can go on and on about people who have unfortunately given into suicide. And, right. And it's endless, you know. They right. don't deserve to, to leave this place. You you know, you might have been the guy to change something. And yeah. we got to do better to keep that. Absolutely. So um, I want to end the show by... Uh, yeah, we definitely can't end on a, on no, like this. no, man. This is. <laughs> I want to end the show on a uh, on a positive note. Okay. All right. So, let let's hear about this. Uh, let's hear about this tiller. Oh man, coming to Harrison. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, we met with Pierce, man, and uh, it's going to be a 107 foot ascendant tiller. Oh, uh, sweet. Yeah. I believe you know. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's the first ascendant tiller in New Jersey, too. No kidding. So yeah, a lot of people are really looking forward to it. And um, it's a good thing, man. It's a good thing for this town. This town needs right. it. This department needs it. And uh, it's we put so much thought and, and effort into this thing that it's got – it's more technologically advanced than I've ever thought a fire truck could do it. Like I'm going to say it. I, it's sexy. It's nice, I'm going to say it. You showed me those pictures, man, before you got before you started. I'm like, man, that is beautiful piece. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you know what's funny? I mean, you look around, you see the color scheme that we kind of have. And, right. And when we started with this thing, it was, you know, like we talked about with this episode, we yeah. got to change the stigma, right? right you got to right. you got to shake it up every once in a while. You got to change yeah. it and you got to really got to say like, all right, we need to change. We need to change. Right, and right. so as as the Harrison Fire Department has come along and, you know, we're we're really progressive and this town is exploding around us and right. everything is changing and everything is getting faster, bigger. You know, we said, all right, well, uh, one of my things was I was like, I want to make a statement. 
Right. I want to roll this truck out, and I want everyone in Hudson County to know that the Harrison Fire Department is here. They're not going to miss that. No, we're here to stay. Yeah. And this thing is our it's our flagship, man. And yeah. I want it to. Beautiful. I want people to look at it going down the road and be like, whoa, yeah. well, that's Harrison's truck. Yeah. It's it's what an amazing piece. Man. Yeah. Tell me about the color scheme. Uh, so. So we went a little different. Um, obviously, we, you know, you look at Hudson County, New Jersey, and right. what do you think of, what, you know, you see North Hudson, Jersey City, yep. red over black. Right? Yep. Everyone's like, oh, man, those look good. Yeah. So I said, all right, I got you. You know, one of the things that we did in Jackson Mills, to back it up a little bit, you know, Jackson Mills is white and green trucks. Oh, okay. So a, a little trick my old man played uh, when he was a commissioner, he, uh, he got the ladder, <laughs> the, the green sea grave. That everyone notices. <laughs> yeah. You know, you yes. see 5405 going down yeah. the road, and you're like, oh, that's Jacksonville's ladder. Yeah. You know? That's an awesome truck, by the way. Yeah. And you can't miss it. Yeah. You can't miss it. So I took a page out of his book, and I said, all right, I need something. I want to put this thing on the map. So we went with a dark red scheme. Cool. Uh, with the charcoal uh, gray. Yeah. Like that that real dark charcoal. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, and the black stripe. You know, awesome. Captain Hudson County, but it's different. I noticed that we, we had to make some room here, and there's all the <laughs> all the pieces of equipment, all the tools, and everything. Yeah, yeah, that. it's it's been a challenge. I mean, we we've been without a ladder truck since since May, and wow. uh, yeah, it's it's so just, who it's you, just who unfortunate. Who's for your ladder? Uh, so right now, Corny is our mutual aid. Okay. And anything that we have on a first due alarm assignment that sounds like it's going to be significant, or you right. know, um, obviously for general alarms, we're not going to make Corny bring their tower down and right, come, right, and come through, right. but if you know, if we're getting multiple calls, if it's smoke showing or, uh, you know, report of fire, any type of fire, right. we get them rolling right away. That's so awesome. we're rolling kind of one of our engines. We're kind of transformed into a squad. Uh, we got our tools on it. And it's cramped, but uh, yeah, again, it's adaptability. Right, right, we right. make it work. That's and, awesome. Uh, it's a challenge. Awesome, man. Well, um, again, I uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on to the I show. Can't, dude, I, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing uh, thanks, with man. this podcast is absolutely incredible. And I really hope that – I hope you all the success in the world. I hope this keeps snowballing and taking off into what I think it is. Thank you, man. And I really it means a lot. That, uh, dude, yeah. I, I want to make sure you know that I'm honored to be here, and I want to help you out as much as I can. Thanks, so, man. Yeah, I'm glad we're up here in Hudson County. Yeah. Not, you know, we broke you out of Ocean County a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was an honor to be here, man. <laughs> I, I really did feel welcomed here. I mean, all kidding aside, I really did feel welcomed here. I mean, all the brothers, they uh, – Welcome me to open arms. Yeah. I mean, you fed me. I mean, you definitely know a way to an Italian's heart. You feed, you feed me. Um, I appreciate, you know, you gave me a nice sweatshirt, T-shirts. I mean, you know, it, again, I, this was a this was an awesome episode. I, I'm so glad to be here. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm so happy, man. I'm, I'm glad we got the message out. I'm glad you were yeah. able to be here and experience part of our life here. Yeah, it's awesome. And see that, you know, it's it is it's different and and we're here man i got a long ride home maybe i'll just take one of those bunks <laughs> yeah dude it's uh, i feel your pain you know i live in wear town so it's a hike it is a hike. it's a hike so um this episode was sponsored by eagle emblems and graphics uh sal awesome dude i mean all those fdny t-shirts you yeah, see yeah. you know he's the guy you know um and uh he fully supports the show and you know it's good to have uh it's good to have that support system and if you're looking for t-shirts you know, graphics for the for the engines yeah. and apparatus. He's the guy, and it's all custom, all custom stuff. So. I'll definitely be in his ear soon. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. So um, again, thanks, Sal. I appreciate the uh, the help. Um, Pin the Q podcast. This was episode six. I'm super excited about this one. Um, such an important topic. Yeah, yeah, it really and, is. Uh, I appreciate the Harrison Fire Department letting me be part of their family for the night, and uh, 
we've got a lot more coming at you so just stick with us make sure you're subscribing to our youtube channel which you're watching right now uh, we have facebook page and also the website which your ugly mug's gonna be in that <laughs> website too so um thanks again we'll see you soon god bless take care